We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. I was flipping through the channels the other day, but there was nothing good on I had nothing to play. So I went to my computer and realized that there was so much content before my eyes. But there's nothing but Netflix in my heart and on my screen. Yes, that's right. Another but Netflix is back. And this week we're talking about one of the great ones from 2021 on Netflix. It is Tick, Tick, Boom, all about the life of Jonathan Larson as played by Andrew Garfield in uh, the Netflix musical Sensation. And here with me, another sensation. It's Chappelle. Chappelle, how are you? Rob, I'm good. I'm happy to be here talking about this, uh, I guess, blast from last year. Is this uh, our first official Nothing But Netflix of 2022? Hmm. Yeah, but maybe it's the uh, best of 2021 that we missed. Yeah, yeah. One of the best of 2021 that we missed, so I've heard. Uh, Rob, I have to admit, I had no clue what this was. No. Except, uh, yeah, like I had nothing. I had no insight into this. Except one day someone slid into my DMs and they said, hey. Tick, tick, boom should be your, uh, another musical that you watch. This person has shown me the ways of musicals. I've officially seen two now. Uh, thanks to our one of our guests, uh, Mr. Uh, AJ Mass, who you've not yet introduced. And introduce so him. I definitely. Yeah. So introducing my uh, Broadway musical mentor, I guess, uh, Mr. AJ Mass. AJ, how are you? I'm doing good. I will happily be your Joe Papp. Uh what does that mean? Don't smear his name. Yeah, whatever that means. So, no. But yeah, <laughs> Rob, yes, listen. Yes. It's one of those things where I am so far out of my realm that all the backup in the world could not help me. And so I'm happy that you were here. I'm happy that AJ is here. But I, from what I understand, we have additional assistance. Yes. Is that correct? Yes, earlier today that I was uh, approached by uh, a uh, a close confidant who said, "Listen, I've never once asked to be on any podcast before. Please let me talk about Tick Tick Boom. It means more to me than anything in my entire life." And so here with us to provide in case look there's a lot of easter eggs in this thing in this movie there's a lot of uh potential landmines that we could get something wrong here to make sure that we if there's if we got anything wrong in this podcast that there's one man to blame and here he is it's sam moore sam how are you I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy to be here. I don't think I went to quite the extremes of this will make my life if I'm here, but I'm very excited to be here. And uh, yeah, one little known fact about me, I'm a big Broadway musical theater fan. And uh, unlike Chappelle, I definitely heard about this movie coming up and been following it uh, through its production and everything. So was excited to see it. 
I personally love the movie. I know it's not for everybody, but I think this will be a fun. How come you never suggested it like AJ did? Yeah. I, Am I, I not good enough you, to watch this movie? No, I didn't more? know how you two would react to a full-blown movie musical. A full-blown <laughs> musical? Yeah, full-blown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, I don't mind. I don't mind a full-blown musical. I mean, like I said, I'm happy that AJ suggested it, but Sam, I mean... I am just I feel honored that we could make your wish come true. Like this is truly <laughs> like Sam would give his left leg to do this podcast with us. And so he expressed his concern to Rob. We, mm-hmm. we did a huddle about it. We talked about it. And we were like, is this to make a wish for the year? Is this where we're really gonna like <laughs> do our it. charitable? Do it. It. it on January second, twenty twenty. January second. Yes. Get it out of the way. That, Nobody else can make Sam any podcast. Has demands. a money in the bank pass for one podcast a year. He's gonna use it first first day of the new year to Sam be here Moore with us. has no more challenges left. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm the opposite of the Renap vetoes. I I just do it on the first one of the first year. Day. Well, he did like the last Renap of the year as well. So he's like waited all year. So Sam, mm-hmm. it's going to be like forever before you get on a podcast okay. again. Right. That, that's fine. That's We're done after all this. Right. But we are here to talk about uh, Tick, Tick, Boom. Uh, AJ, could you just uh, set the stage for us uh, properly about uh, Tick, Tick, Boom and why it was important for you to be here? Yeah, well, uh, Tick, Tick, Boom is the it's a musical stars Andrew Garfield. Who knew Spider-Man could sing? I mean, it's fantastic. Chappelle Uh, says the best Spider-Man. It is. This is the best Spider-Man movie of them all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 Look, they did a musical number in Spider, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man Three, I believe, mm-hmm. or yeah, the like black eyeliner and stuff on there. Hated that's it. Sam's favorite. So yeah. this is better than that for sure. And, yes. and that's a high bar. Some say. I don't say that, but some say. Yeah. So Jonathan Larson, uh, he is the creator of rent which you know you might have heard of rent it's a big broadway phenomenon they uh lasted many decades now Uh, they've done a live version recently uh on the networks so uh rent has as it's a legacy of broadway it really changed the way uh musicals were produced and marketed and it opened up the audience in a way that uh it took it took until hamilton for the next big leap in in broadway musicals uh, and unfortunately, Jonathan Larson uh, never got to see Rent produced because he passed away from an aneurysm the day that it was going to have its first official run mm-hmm. on, on Off-Broadway. So it, 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 it's such a tragic story. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is a musical that is based on a one-man show that he had done. Uh, before Rent, he only produced. He only wrote three full musicals. Uh, there was there was one that is uh, kind of the making of that musical is part of this movie, uh, and then there was Tick Tick Boom, which went through different variations and was really just more of a nineteen twenty minute monologue uh, with the songs in it that he performed uh, like a one man show with a backing band, um, which after his death they turned into a three person musical. Uh, and uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, this is his first movie that he's ever directed, and he wanted to do this because he had seen a performance of that, uh, Tick, Tick, Boom, and he said, I'm going to go back to the monologue version of it and use that as the framing device uh, and really 
have people experience one of the rare pieces of music uh, that this man created? Because a lot of people love Rent, and very few people, even people who are fans of Rent, probably haven't seen any of the songs in this performed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like really this is reaching into the so archives meta. here. Yeah, it's so meta, right? Because this is a, a play about a play within a play. Um, a musical within a musical within a musical like for like halfway through I realized that we were never going to see the musical he was writing like it took me that long though I was like oh at some <laughs> point we're going to see the whole performance and then I was like oh no this is high school musical all over again like where it's a movie uh, about a yeah, musical well, there are some similarities yeah yeah, yeah a couple of them you mm-hmm. know it's a couple oh. of them that we might have talked about yeah, yeah. Well, for me, what makes this uh, so special, it, it, you know, just first of all, is Andrew Garfield just knocks this out of the park. He is so good in this. I'm sure he's going to get a nomination for an Academy Award for this because it's just an incredible singular performance. Shouldn't he get a Tony? He has a Tony. Oh, Thank you very yes. much. Oh, he already has a Tony for Angels in America. Well, are we uh, cl- closing in on EGOT territory for Garfield? Um, EGOT game. Did he get get nominated for his uh, guest hosting of SNL? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That could be a nice backdoor to that. Well, that's actually Um, what led him to be in this. Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda saw him in Angels in America, which he won a Tony for. And one thing leads to another. And then here we are in Tick, Tick, Boom. Mm. But what what I I think is really great about this, it's a a story that at the time that he was performing this, uh, Jonathan Larson was basically writing a monologue in a musical about I may never get produced and I'm turning, you know, and I, I was turning 30 and I spent all this time on this project and I got it right up to the line where it could get produced. And they said, no. And like, all I got left is to sing about the fact that I got right up to the line and they said, no, and I got nothing else right now and I might not make it. And we're watching that story with the knowledge that he is going to make it. But he's never going to see that success yeah. for himself. And that 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 taking that out of context and with that foreknowledge just really puts a different tint on the entire movie. So, Chappelle, did, were you like me? Did you did you not know uh, the personal history of uh, Jonathan Larson? Because I, I did not know that he was uh, going to die as, as a young man. And so that when when that happened in the film, when when you found that out in the movie, I was like, oh, my God, uh, this is. I really thought that the tragedy was going to be that his that he found out his friend had HIV, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is this is terrible!" And then to to find out that uh, that, that Jonathan Larson is going is going to die also that I that I was I I couldn't believe it. No, same. I, I was, first of all, was uh, I, yeah. I, I was like, uh, I was you know so sad. I knew nothing about this. I knew nothing. So it starts off. The movie starts off with him basically talking about like, oh, gosh, I'm turning 30. And I'm like, OK, kid, you got to like, listen, 30 is young. Stop yeah. it. Like you're being dramatic. And then by the end, I'm like, oh, my gosh, was he being dramatic? Am I am I 30? I am definitely 30. Am I 30 mm-hmm. than him? I was like, I am more 30 than him. And so I start to think, do I need to write a musical? But it was really <laughs> just tough because I wasn't ready for that. Like I, like I said, if you know, I guess going in the story, then you know how it ends kind of. And so maybe it's less um, like thrilling, but for me, that caught me off guard. I was like, Whoa, wasn't ready for that one. Like 35 to have an aneurysm out of nowhere. It made me question. Did he already kind of like, yeah, like previous existing conditions or something like that. Like why did he take, make to have this panic attack at 30 only to know that he was kind of right. 
you know, uh, death was upon him and it came and it was very sad to see it. Um, so yeah, it caught me off guard, Rob. Yeah. And what's wild is, uh, in the movie, the friend Michael, it's based off another friend he had, uh, who did test HIV positive and still living to this day with HIV. Wow. And they, they used him as a reference to help inform the movie. Mm -hmm. That's wild. You know, Rob, we also we we kind of touched on a lot of the themes from this movie throughout our podcasting partnership. I don't know if you remember back when on the RHAP Rewind, RIP, uh, where we talked about the great Pedro Zamora and his and his um, his struggles around this same exact time period. You know, and so I was like, wow, all of this stuff is coming full circle. We had Pedro. We have Vanessa Hudgens. It's really like a throwback to all of our podcasting, you know, Mm -hmm. AJ, uh, the title Tick, Tick, Boom, uh, that. Did I miss what? What was that a reference to? Uh, well, in retrospect, <laughs> tick tick boom. You can look at it as is the ticking time bomb in his head, the aneurysm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's also it's you know it's about it's about the clock that's ticking. Um, that he thinks yeah. that because Stephen Sondheim didn't you know by the age of twenty seven he had already made it, and Jonathan Larson is mm-hmm. turning thirty, yeah. his clock is is running out, and you know. Boom! You're dead. Like you know, yeah. if, if if I don't get, if I don't hit it now, my career is over before it got because started. Correct, That's what the tick, 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 tick I mean, tick tick boom is the is the name that Jonathan Larson gave to his uh, his show while he was still alive. That he had uh, no knowledge that he was going that it was going to refer to with aneurysm. Right. Yeah. He, he's just hearing the ticking of the clock on his career. He's not a young kid anymore. Um, you know, if you don't make it by by your by the time you're 30, maybe you're not going to make it at all. Mm-hmm. And a lot of this, a lot of the movie is his internal struggle as an artist. Like, do I quit? Do I join the corporate world? Do I, you know, this is girl who loves me. Do I go and start a family with her? Or do I pursue this crazy dream that when I was 20 sounded like, hey, you know, anything's possible. And now I'm turning 30 and maybe I, it's not going to happen for me. Mm-hmm. You have to, you have to wonder if he stressed himself into this kind of thing. You know, like if he's going through all of this, you know, this panic at being 30, it's like, it's no wonder you, you weren't able to, you know, make it past 35 with all of this pressure you're putting on yourself to perform. Like, I think it's a lesson to anybody in life. Like, you know, 30, don't get me wrong. In certain careers, 30 is a landmark for like, you might not have too much longer, but like, you can't put this amount of uh, like, pressure and stress on yourself and expect to still live a healthy life. I mean, geez, the way he was making 30 was sounding like he was like, like he knew there was a clock uh, on his life, not, you know, on his actual career. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and in fairness, he, he had a, a genetic condition that was undiagnosed. So it's not like uh, this was stress induced or anything. Although there are certainly people who can have heart attacks and, and panic attacks just from wearing themselves too thin, but no, he just, they didn't know that he had this genetic condition that was going to cause potentially an early death and, and so this really was a surprise it was only in retrospect that they found out wow that's amazing that's that makes this movie so much better to me like i, I thought the movie was cool but like knowing the, all of this this background information it's like yeah it makes sense why it's such a big deal because like i said rob i had no clue that any of this happened yeah i it, it the fact that it was uh, this uh, true story, which I, I didn't even know going into this, that uh, this was a a true story. I was like, okay, like, uh, you know, why do I care about this? Uh, and then sort of like uh, at the end to sort of, like, I've watched like a couple of YouTube videos after about how uh, just like uh, how meaningful uh, his life was and what, uh, you know, how he ultimately did go on to completely change uh, Broadway and uh, you know, uh, you know, the lives of so many people, uh, especially 
an it's an amazing story. Yeah, I, I think the story is uh, even even in his own time, he was he was a great storyteller, uh, and I think doing a musical about his inability to get a musical produced is clever, uh, and it in in the music. Uh, is very clever and then the lyrics are, are very smart and there's a lot of theater references in in the songs that he's writing for this but again you can also see some of the seeds of what was going to become rent in some of the songs that he's he's uh playing here like you know with the uh this is the life you know bohemia well you know love it love bohem is in rent and so there's a lot of the the birth of a lot of the ideas that are going to come into fruition in the next musical that he writes and the last musical that he writes uh rent so you can see that the, the germ of the idea was there and you know he doesn't know it's going to be a big hit and we do know that it was a big hit and i think that's kind of the, the juxtaposition of that is, is kind of cool AJ, how well was Jonathan Larson known before uh, this uh, film project uh, came to be? Was he sort of like, uh, you know, a, a household name to, uh, you know, theater fans who uh, kind of knew his story? Oh, to theater fans. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's hard for me to put into perspective in, in the grand universe. I mean, at the time that Rent was opening uh, and the time of his death and, and the time that Rent started to become this big juggernaut. I mean, I was performing off Broadway. I was in a theater company that was performing off Broadway. So I was on theater row, uh, you know, Sarah Jessica Parker was in this theater and Robert Charlener was in this theater. And my little theater group was downstairs in this other theater on 42nd street. So, you know, I was, in, I was a part of this community in many ways, certainly not at the Broadway level and not that talented by any stretch of the imagination, but stop it. But these, these neighborhoods were my, were my world. I was totally aware of what was going on in, in a lot of these places here. Um, you know, I went on to direct a, a, a show uh, called The Next Big Broadway Musical, uh, where we improvised a musical from scratch, from suggestions from the audience. And a lot of the basis of our, our structure was the classic uh, Broadway musical, where you, you know, of your first three, three out of your first four songs have to be an environment song where you, where you tell everybody where you're singing. Where, where, where does this, where does the show take place? You know, uh, then there's one song that's the life force song, which is, uh, what is the, what is the philosophy of, of one of your major characters? And then you have a, a want song or a need song. Like, uh, you know, uh, I want to be part of your world. You know, it's a, it's a little mermaid. It's, it's, it's a want song. You know, you one character got to want something, you know, what, what's the philosophy under the sea? Life could be better under the sea. You know, you have the, you have these already an antagonism built into the musical. And, you know, that was the structure of our, our improvised musicals. And, but Rent never fit into the into the formula because Jonathan Larson didn't want to do the standard musical. He his environment song is the first song of Act Two, Seasons of Love. Doesn't come in until the first song of Act Two, and it totally changes the structure of musicals. There, the life force song is is Lovey Bohem, and it's in the end of Act One. So just he would play constantly uh, in in Rent with your expectations for what uh, a musical was supposed to be structurally, and you know. I was, I was very aware of, of who he was. And, and even though I'm personally not a fan of the entire musical rent, uh, I, the structure of it was so innovative. You can't help but tip your hat to him. When uh, you say you're not a fan of the entire uh, musical of, of rent uh, for the uninitiated, uh, like uh, <clears throat> Chappelle and myself, uh, what, what do you mean by that? Just personally, uh, it's not. It's 
what made rent uh, really interesting at the time uh, that it came out was it, the different types of characters and stories it was telling uh, and the different, the different way it was uh, incorporating characters you wouldn't have seen on Broadway uh, at the time. You, you wouldn't have HIV positive characters. You wouldn't have uh, relationships, uh, same sex relationships going on on stage in general you're going, everybody wants to pay their, their $75 to go see the show kind of thing. You wouldn't get those stories. You, you'd get your standard, uh, you know, your phantom who lives in the opera and your cats running around on stage. And, you know, <laughs> he didn't have real life. And, and he said, no, I want to see people who I'm going to see on the streets of New York. And I think that was something that really attracted a much younger audience to Broadway at that time. Uh, and again, like, you know, Lin-Manuel, Lin-Manuel Miranda was one of the people who went and saw that show and said, hey, I can do that. And so, you know, with the next generation that came in, we wouldn't have Hamilton if he hadn't have seen rent. So, I mean, it's, it's very important uh, to, to have that kind of a, an impact on who gets to make Broadway and who do we get to see as characters on Broadway. And in that sense, rent is a very important musical. I just happen to think that it doesn't hold up musically and structurally outside of a few big, big song moments. Yes. That's just my personal opinion. And I think where it's coming from in like Broadway history, it's coming from the eighties, which was all these big British mega musicals, cats, Phantom of the opera, Les Mis, uh, Miss Saigon, all these ones that a lot of people know. And rent is the complete antithesis of this, that it's very real. It's very now. Well, now for 95, 96, um, I think just the way Jonathan Larson saw that and wanted to make Broadway more of what he saw and his everyday life was a really interesting and obviously great way to uh, move the musical along. One of the things uh, that uh, I thought was uh, pretty cool about this movie as I'm uh, learning more about it, that it seems like that the entire movie itself is like a love letter to Broadway. And I think just about every single person in the movie has some connection to uh, Broadway or Lin-Manuel Miranda. Um, AJ, uh, do I have that correct? Yeah, he threw in a whole buttload of cameos in here. Uh, Pretty much Anybody you see on screen has something to do with Broadway. Uh, you know, he has, uh, when he's uh, doing his little show uh, for, uh, he, he's like in a writer's workshop in the beginning, and he's basically playing just for Richard Kind and, and Stephen Sondheim. <laughs> uh, and everybody in the audience there is an actual Broadway composer or uh playwright or someone involved in musicals, including several winners of the Jonathan Larson grant that he eventually, his family will go on to Institute. So it's, it's like, it's like, it's taking the past. It's taking the, the future beyond him and putting it all together. The scene that's probably going to get most Broadway nerds, like the most excited is the one in the diner uh, Sunday brunch. Uh, yeah. Brunch, yes. That song isn't it is in itself an homage that he had written to uh, Sunday in the Park with George, Mandy Patinkin, Bernadette Peters, uh, and he it's, it's, he's stealing the the Act One clothes and just riffing on it and just changing the words just so much. Instead of talking about a painting, he's talking about a diner and and brunch, and everybody singing in that song is a Broadway legend, either of 
yesteryear or currently uh, on Broadway. It's just uh, it's a who's who list of, of Broadway celebrities. And it's just fantastic to see them all willing to come out for this because, you know, it just shows how much Jonathan Larson meant to them and that they wanted to be a part of this. Yeah. So I actually saw it in a theater in New York City last month while it was out here. And it was it's a single house movie theater. So it's not like a multiplex. Uh, just one theater has got the balcony, everything is pretty filled. All New York theater nerds in there. You'd think this is Avengers Endgame, the way this scene played out. Every single time somebody popped up on screen, the crowd just went absolutely wild. Like there's easily between everybody in that scene, upwards of 20, 30 Tony Awards. AJ, more. yeah, I mean, yeah. almost everybody in that scene has either has multiple has everyone has been nominated for yeah. Tony <laughs> that scene. But yeah, I mean, you got uh, Joel Gray from Cabaret. You got Baby Newworth, who was in Chicago. You got uh, Bernadette Peters Rivera. Peters herself, Peters. Rivera yeah. uh, goes on. I, I so many people. don't know any of these people. <laughs> right. I, <laughs> I don't know any of these people at all. And even I was able to tell in that moment that something big was happening. Yeah, right. Like I was sitting there, I was like, these people look like these must be like the the ringers they must have brought in like the fancy people because like don't get me wrong i couldn't tell you any of these people's names but i've seen them before you know like how could you have missed them they're such i think i saw alexander hamilton's wife and mistress in the same diner i was like this is so messy why would you do this (laughs) and then what's also fun is uh three of the original cast members of rent pop up in that scene as well so nice callback to yeah, it's yeah. and it's, it's and it's, you know again, it, you don't have to know the the Sondheim references to appreciate the the musicality of this scene. Um, but I think you also, like you said, even if you don't recognize him, you recognize there's something going on here, and it might interest you to then go back and do some more research and you know learn more about all these people. I mean, what for me, being a native New Yorker and again living through this era and around this, I mean, I know exactly where that diner used to be it's not there anymore mm-hmm. but i know exactly where that diner used to be and just you know we drive past that all the time and like it's just just it's such a snapshot in time that they recaptured so beautifully just everything in that neighborhood uh they recreated so perfectly and part of the reason they were able to is because uh jonathan larson was such uh focused individual he had taken videotapes of his entire apartment for insurance purposes and so they recreated that. That's exactly what his apartment looked like. Yeah. I, I saw that in a YouTube video um, that it, for like property insurance, like uh, it seems weird that like he would like so much is made about how he's poor and he has nothing. Uh, what what did he have insurance on? It, you know, it's one of those things where his possessions are important to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I most, I could, I could see like these possessions are priceless. Uh, it seems weird that he had like an insurance policy on like uh, his like cassettes and stuff. Hey, you know what? If someone breaks in and the, the police say, what did they take? He was like, this is what they took. God damn it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, Rob, I can see it because throughout the film, it's, it's like his art is his first love and everything is competing with his, his um like, desire to be the artist that he wants to be and to be this writer so boom you bring in susan no susan i don't have time for you you bring in a real job you got bills you're getting evicted your lights are getting turned off and he's like but the art the art is what matters and so yeah it doesn't it doesn't uh shock me at all that he would have insurance on things that to you and i probably wouldn't matter or would seem replaceable because the things that matter to him he was willing to sacrifice almost everything for those things and so yeah i'm shocked that he did this like i guess videotape recording that's kind of that's different. But, um, you know, like I said, for him, 
it probably made sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, even there in the in the film, at some point, he has all the like decisions pulling him in different directions. You got like Susan, who's like, "Hey, I'm getting a job. We're leaving," and she's like, "He's like, oh yeah, just give me a couple more days. I just need to make this one thing happen, and then my life is gonna change." And I can tell you no. And then like he's got like the people saying like, "Hey, you got to pay your bills," and he's like, "Okay, just a little bit more time. I'm gonna write this, even though I'm not gonna have electricity." And then you have like um, his friend Michael, who's like, "You need to get a job. Like, don't get me wrong. All of this is fun, but at some point you have to get a job and be a real person." And he's like, "Oh, like I know, but." art though like i really want to write this thing and then he looks at the paper and he still hasn't written anything so you know for him it was also almost like uh paralyzing you know the fact that he had all these decisions to make and he just couldn't make anything happen to the point where he couldn't even write his um his his musical that is going to jumpstart this whole entire thing um i did find it fascinating that he found time to swim i mean that was kind of his like one thing that kept him going that How clears true his is head that, though yeah, it's, how true is that though, Sam? Is that a, like a, a big deal in his life? Let me tell you how true it is. That's the exact yeah. pool he swam in. Oh, and it's just the, by happenstance. They didn't know it. They were scouting for swimming is a song that uh, he sings when he's swimming and trying to clear his mind of all his thoughts. Um, and, the, and he cut it from his actual monologue because you can't swim on stage. Right. <laughs> this is why this is one of the reasons I really like this movie because it uses songs in a way in a movie version of a, of a musical that you can't do on stage. Right. And that's, that's, that's part of what makes this very special for me. Um, but they wanted to actually show him swimming. And Andrew Garfield actually was a like a rated swimmer in his youth. He actually like third in his, his he knew more swimming than singing. Yeah. He was, he was a swimmer. <laughs> so like, this is a perfect marriage of like, Oh, Garfield can swim. He wrote the song about swimming. They had to cut it from the musical on stage. Should have been Aquaman. Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, He's fine. As Spider Man, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so they found this. They found this location, and they go. To, they go to shoot, and they're like, "Wait, you know, this song is so oddly specific about a red line in the middle of the pool and all the numbers, and you know, there's a thirty there, and a forty, and and like the parallel to that to his age is just is certainly uh, what also adds to the." impact of the song but they're like wow there's actually a 30 on the red line and the, and they they asked around and like yeah no this is the pool he's swimming <laughs> so wow. I, it's very true it's very fortuitous that uh, they were able to get the exact pool because it, it just works again this is a song that would ne- never be able to work effectively on stage but you know the whole thing of him he's swimming and he's trying to come up with the the song and you know oh, and he sees the girl and he references her and there's a guy in front of him and it just becomes part of the song that he's singing it's just it's a really good use of cinema to tell your story <laughs> mm-hmm. it, and it's such a new york movie that like you new york i know it's such a common saying new york's one of the characters in the movie it really is here and it, they especially i thought did a good job making it feel like it did in 1990 uh from everything i've personally seen or heard uh we don't need to go into age stuff <laughs> but no no sam tell us how old were you in 1990 again uh negative two. Oh, okay <laughs> yeah, yeah since since, I, since I, my song could be 50 20 because i turned 50 20 i'm turning 30 this year now so uh this will be a fun one yeah uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think yeah, it, 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 you're absolutely right, Sam. It, it, it is a character in, in in the musical. Just just the whole New York theater scene is part of this, and it's it's a love letter to that. I also one of the things that I think they did so effectively in this is once again, even with this movie musical, Lin Manuel Miranda and the way he structured it, 
Uh, he also plays with the traditional format of musicals where there is no neat song in this. There's no, at no point does, does the main character, Jonathan saying, this is what I want because that's the problem. He doesn't know what he wants. Uh, and so instead of singing the third song in the musical, which generally speaking would be, I want to be famous or I want to get my, my music out. It's Johnny can't decide. <laughs> it's, it's the exact opposite of a one song. And I think it's, it's, it's so clever to, uh, in the in the life of Jonathan Larson to actually do what he would have done is completely subvert the genre. One of the things I really liked no. about the movie was where uh, the, uh, Jonathan is really, you know, sort of trying to decide about, you know, uh, should I pursue like a uh, a real career uh, like uh, Michael has in the film and Michael uh, works in advertising and there is uh, like this temptation to uh, give up the arts and use his creativity for something uh, that he's going to uh, get paid for. And, and uh, when he goes to go and uh, be in that, uh, I guess kind of like a focus group uh, yeah. where he's pitching ideas and you see sort of like the temptation of like where he talks about how that instead of like his creativity being like shot down and re- rejected where like even like uh, like his most like just like uh, just off the top of his head ideas like, oh, my God, you're a genius. Like uh, and he's like, I could, get, I, I could get used to this. I could get used to this. And you see, you know, just uh, how hard it is for him in terms of like this uh, apartment that he has and just like how nice of a setup that Michael has. Um, this was, I thought it was a, a really interesting uh, part of the, of the movie. Uh, AJ, do we know how, how uh, true to life was that? Uh, was uh, was Jonathan uh, that tempted to uh, walk away? Uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, he he didn't not sell out it, it, mm-hmm. <laughs> entirely. I mean, he wrote a few songs for like Sesame Street, I believe, and uh, he wrote a few jingles along the way. So it's it's not like it's a complete. Uh, no, no money <laughs> cannot cannot take money for my art until I get that big Broadway musical out there, and I'll take money for that because then the public will see it. Now he he was fine commercially uh, writing songs. It just it, it was such a different field back then too. You know, there weren't six thousand television stations and advertising companies. You know, it was like three channels. That's it. Boom. Two four seven. Maybe you had Fox in your in your uh, neighborhood. Doesn't no matter. streaming. Yeah. <laughs> no Sam, streaming. Yeah. Sam, mm-hmm. do you have any second thoughts about uh leaving working behind the scenes at Robert's podcast to go back to your first love of trying to uh get involved with the theater? Uh no, I'm good. I yeah, so I, who anybody for anybody who doesn't know, uh, I previously worked in talent management, talent agency, then a little bit in production. And it, there are a couple things I could go into stories at a different time, but I'm very happy where I am at Rob has a podcast. And this is just a, the one time that the line seemingly overcrossed. I'm like, oh, theater, musicals. Mm-hmm. This is in my wheelhouse. Let's go. Does that sound right to you, Chappelle? What, that Sam is not going to leave Rob has a podcast yeah. to go write a musical? That's exactly Wait, hey, Rob, what I heard. Are you getting rid of me here? Is this? Is this like, I'm, this is I'm, I'm, I'm just. I'm asking if you if you, if you're having second thoughts now after your your yeah. <laughs> if anything, I'm, I, I'm your like love of musical theater has been reengaged. 
That's he why I'm back in New York. Mm-hmm. That's why no, I'm in New York. He scratched the itch. He did his yeah. first podcast officially at, in 2022, <laughs> and now he's like, I've done it all here. What else do I have? And Rob has a podcast. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. But but Rob, did this story uh, mean a lot to you in that, like, could you see a little bit of uh, his struggle in your in uh, relationship to your uh, your start here in the podcast here? Because I know yes. you talked about you know how you were trying to find your footing in a world where podcasting was not a big deal back then, mm-hmm. but the trailblazer yeah. that you are, yes. you know, uh, yeah, I, I do not want to uh, trivialize uh, the life of Jonathan Larson in, in in any way. What I what I did find very relatable is that you know I, I think that I had just uh, started Rob as a podcast right before I turned 30 and I, I did feel like in my late 20s very much like uh, I was unemployed I had no 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 prospects I mean uh, fortunately for me that I was uh, lucky in love that the first lady of podcasting uh, didn't just you know uh, kick me to the curb for somebody who had something going on at that point in time uh, and so I was able to uh, do a good job of trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life and also balance uh, my uh, romantic life at the uh, same time. And uh, so that that was like I I did not struggle in in that way, but I I definitely was you know uh, trying to figure out. I did feel uh, very much like I had uh, no direction and wondered you know uh, where where this was all going and whether or not I should just you know you know get a real job uh, at some point to try to like uh, be like a responsible adult. Mm, and now you have podcast awards named after you. You have a musical named after you, Rob. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're an icon. I, what can we say? Look at this. Um, this yeah, is- I mean, look that uh, maybe uh, yeah, Jason Curtis Rivera is uh, made the Renap the musical, and uh, you know that uh, who knows? Maybe one day that could be uh, off Broadway. Yeah, we got AJ. AJ is a, a veteran. I think we can make this happen. We can start to plan whatever this is going to be. Because, Rob, I, I saw the parallels, you know, like you've talked about this before, where it was like, OK, well, if, is the ball going to drop eventually? Or am I ever going to take to get this thing going the way mm-hmm. I want it to go? And you ended up just creating your own lane and almost redefining a genre with podcasting. So kudos to you. Oh, Look at uh, you. I'm Chappelle, so happy. Yeah, that uh, that is uh, incredibly uh, high praise. Uh, and uh, it I, I, I appreciate it. I'm just saying it happened. I only call it like I see it. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah. Sam, let's see if we can get the uh, get Netflix on the phone. Uh, maybe it's a movie. <laughs> oh, it's a movie musical. We're not putting it on Broadway now. I don't know. I, I mean, I mean this, we can do both. We, yeah, oh, we could do like the uh, the Princess Diana musical. They did filmed it on for Netflix, and then it was on Broadway, and then it closed. Yeah, away. we're trying to get Rob mm-hmm. the Egot. Yeah. Yes. Please, please, I need it. Uh, the Rob <laughs> Egotis. <laughs> yeah. um, so, uh, AJ, in, in terms of uh, this being a, a, a film that was that was on Netflix, was, was this always uh, planned to be a, a, a movie adaptation of this, or uh, was there talks of like doing this uh, on Broadway? No, this was the movie version. It, it had been done, uh, you know, off Broadway. Uh, uh, the original thing that Jonathan Larson did, the original version of this was a one man show with a little backing band. And, you know, after his death and if, and after the success of rent, uh, people were clamoring to see this and they kind of rewrote it as a three person play. Uh, and that performed a number of times and is constantly mm-hmm. being revived because people just can't get enough of it. In fact, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda and, uh, and, uh, Odom, 
uh, got Leslie together. Jr. Leslie Odom mm-hmm. Jr. Yeah, yeah, they were they were in this as the two male characters uh, and performed this uh, in one of the incarnations of it. Uh, this was this this was they had the movie rights to it and uh, they wanted to do the movie. Uh, they wanted to turn this into a movie because it would get a wider audience, obviously. Uh, and Lin Manuel Miranda, like Lin Manuel, like was like. Yes, if I only have to direct one movie in my life, let this be the movie because this speaks to me. And so they mm-hmm. went to do it. I mean, it, it was in release a little bit because you have to release these things still in a certain number of theaters to, at, at certain times to get Oscar consideration. Yeah. 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 But, yeah, so they did what they needed to do and crossed their T's and dotted their I's. <laughs> yeah, so he was actually in it uh, about a year prior to Hamilton having its first world premiere. And so it was uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, Leslie Odom Jr., who was also in Hamilton as Aaron Burr, and Karen Olivo uh, played uh, Susan in it. Uh, she was in In the Heights and a ton of other Broadway stuff, Moulin Rouge recently. So I, I think it went from there and then being in it and then Hamilton blowing up. And it was just the stepping stones to get here to making this movie. Sam, what's the Oscar buzz on the uh, Tick, Tick, Boom? <laughs> All right. So I Heavy think, buzz? Heavy buzz. I think it's right on edge of, I think it should be able to make it into Best Picture because this year it's a man. Yeah, 10 nominees for Best Picture. They're not doing between five and 10. And what I'm seeing is maybe this or maybe Don't Look Up. Oh, uh, back to back, yeah, Chappelle. Back-to-back we covered back to back Oscar what, movies. What, what do you guys think? This or Don't Boy. Look Up, which gets in. I, I don't I know. Don't, I mean, personally, I think Don't Look Up probably gets more Oscar buzz than this just because of the bigger names in it overall. In, in it seems it. to be like a fan favorite, though. But I, I, I'm pretty sure the Globe nominations, Garfield got one. Oh, yeah. I, I think. I think he'll get in best actor. So no yeah. doubts. And quite frankly, that's all I, I really care about. Yeah. <laughs> He's yes. so good in this. He, he, he carries this. Lynn Manuel's not making best director though. No. no Why? The directing was spotty, Sam. No, I mean, just against the competition. Sorry, he's not getting it in ahead of Steven Spielberg. And, yeah, that's, that's the thing. I, 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 I haven't seen West Side Story yet. Um, they can but, only take one musical director? It's a director in a musical? Is that what it is? No. Is that the award? It's I mean, Spielberg. Yeah. If he directed your whole movies, he would be I know, be but nominated. there's more than one nominee, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah but, Spielberg's I mean, not going to win, but... I need to know more about this. Yeah. Another Netflix movie I think is kind of the favorite right now, uh, Power of the Dog, uh, directed by Jane Campion. Uh, with, but he uh, can't fit, they can't make room for one nomination for Lin-Manuel Miranda? What does he have I, to do? Did you see how many stars were in this movie? I think <laughs> he, he might get a music nomination for Encanto, the Disney movie. And if that wins Best Song, I believe he's eligible for that one. Then he's officially EGOTed. Yep. He, he's only the Oscar away. Oh, Okay, so we'll we're, on, we're on EGOT watch. I mean, he's he's going to churn out animated musical songs until yep. he gets it too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, Moana, so. Yeah, well, I mean that's probably the move right at this point because um, I think it was in this movie um, that they were saying like um, Andrew Garfield's character was like, "Oh yeah, I um, I write the jingles and I just make up songs about anything just as an exercise." And I feel like Lin-Manuel Miranda he might do that too. Like like he just wakes up in the morning and just creates a rap song about random stuff. And so if he keeps doing this for these Disney movies and these animated these Pixar films and all that stuff, like 
He'll get one eventually. It'll oh come. yeah, it's it's not a matter of if; it's definitely when. Mm-hmm. Look, yeah. if three six uh, mafia can win an Oscar. How dare you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's hard out here for a pimp. It's, a, it's an iconic song, and we will yeah. not shame it at all. We will praise its praise. Like, like, stop it, stop it. I remember that performance. That was a good I do too. That was a wild Oscar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give Taraji her things. Yes. Now, Chappelle, how about this? You know, we talk about back to back movies with Oscar buzz. Uh, how about this on nothing but Netflix? That two out of three weeks talking about movies with Vanessa Hudgens. Rob, did you know she was in this movie? No, I did not. I had no clue. I stopped uh, the first uh, scene. Well, maybe because she only the- played one part. We need to. She needs to be playing multiple <laughs> people for us to notice that when she's going to be in the movie. Well, they did well, the reverse here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, they, they gave, they the gave, other, <laughs> gave uh, her parts to somebody else. Yeah. I was shocked. I was looking at the first scene and then this woman just stands up and starts singing and I'm like, that kind of looks like Vanessa Hudgens. And then like five seconds later, I was like, is that Vanessa Hudgens? And Rob didn't tell me she was in this movie. Mm -hmm. I didn't know. Yeah. I knew nothing. It's like when Jacob Jones popped up on 20-somethings Austin. Like, what are we? (laughs) We're behind the curve on everything. Why are we so late? Jacob Jones, Vanessa Hudgens, what's the difference? They're same, practically the same. Same thing. Yeah, no. Same thing. Yeah, they should ja- turn trap. Do a well, trap. Well, Jacob Jones is a little bit more of a Fiona. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. That's mm-hmm. true. He, he's my Fiona. Yeah. I'll, he'll never hear this podcast, so that's fine. <laughs> that, that, that's fine. Um, but yeah, uh, AJ, uh, what's uh, Vanessa Hudgens is big on Broadway? What's her connection to all this? Is she, because she was in High School Musical? There you go. It, you know, she's bringing in the younger generations. She yeah, she sings. You know, it, it, she does. She does a decent job with with the the songs that she has to sing here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, ironically, Princess Switch else? not a musical, sure. not a musical. <laughs> yeah, and you would think you would think in a Christmas movie yeah. that you could just put a random song in there for her to sing, but nope, they didn't do it. Maybe in the Princess Switch four. Yes, um, yes, we can only hope. Maybe Lynn Manuel Miranda could direct Princess Switch Four. Oh no! Then she's going to start rapping. <laughs> <laughs> well, she she, she was in a production in DC of In the Heights, so I think we're starting to get closer. I don't think she. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I don't think her. Robot. Is there any Oscar buzz for Vanessa Hudgens for either this or Princess Switch, Sam? Uh, unfortunately, I don't think so. Not not her year this year. Maybe next. She must know somebody mm-hmm. at Netflix. She's getting a lot of big <laughs> jobs at Netflix. Vanessa well, Hudgens. I mean, Zach Zach Efron did have that show on Netflix too, right? Where he was just traveling oh, was all awful. around and <laughs> AJ. <laughs> I just remember him going to Iceland or Greenland, whatever yes, one Iceland. has the most ice. Yeah, Iceland with his he, guru buddy and they <laughs> Yeah. But I mean bet- between the two of them, maybe it's a high school musical thing where they're just going to start to integrate all the, the cast members from that into their own little Netflix bubbles. So. Corbin Blue, yeah. here he comes. <laughs> yes, that guy is next. I'm sure he's doing something somewhere. I'll put my money on Tisdale. <laughs> <laughs> Lucas Grabeel, anyone? <laughs> Justice for Lucas, wherever they are. Something I did want to bring up, AJ, I'm sure we could talk about this. Uh, just the Stephen Sondheim of it all. Yes. Uh, uh, now, Stephen Sondheim uh, played by Bradley Whitford. Uh, that Mostly. Just, mostly. 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 Not entirely. Uh, the answering machine message is actually 
voiced by Stephen Sondheim. He, well, yeah, that was weird because I was like, I, I Bradley Whitford, I was like, oh yeah, West Wing, here we go. Uh, but then they got an answering machine, uh, Stephen Sondheim. I'm like, wait, that's not that's not the guy from the West Wing. No, that was the actual Stephen Sondheim who actually took the. Uh, I heard that he took the lines they wanted him to say. and said, "Yeah, that's not what I said, and that's not what I would have said. Let me rewrite it." And so he 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 went off the cuff and off book and rewrote the answering machine message to say what he wanted to say now in the film. Yeah, yeah. And if Stephen Sondheim says he wants to write something, you say, let him okay. write something. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, that was that confusing was- though. Um, you know, because it was the interesting message, I, I, I don't think it was. I all that Bradley confusing. Whitford has a very distinct voice. <laughs> you know, Rob's he, like, I wait, Bradley Whitford. Yeah, I thought he was unrecognizable. <laughs> uh, he, he just he totally became somebody else for this role. I mean, hmm. I, I thought he was, did a, did a very good job of just just turning into somebody else for this. Yeah. It wasn't like I'm Bradley Whitford. <laughs> <laughs> And just to back it up, just musical theater 101, Stephen Sondheim is one of the, like widely considered the best musical composer of all time, I think is safe to say, AJ. Am I speaking out of school there? I, well, I mean, up there. There, there. there are people who would go Andrew Lloyd Webber. I would not be sure. one of them. No. Outside of Superstar. Right. Only maybe half of it. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, you get your Sondheim people, you get your Andrew Lloyd Webber people. Yeah, so Sondheim did, he did the lyrics to West Side Story, Company, Into the Woods, Sunday in the Park with George, go on, on and on and on. And uh, so this came out uh, mid-November. Stephen Sondheim passed away uh, just a week or so after this film was released. So this oh is effectively... God. I didn't know last- that either. Yeah. 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 It's all connected <laughs> The the movie was released on the twelfth, I believe, and then uh, Mrs. Sondheim passed away on the twenty first, I believe. And it so, was the day after Thanksgiving, whatever that day was. Yeah, twenty. So the twenty sixth, maybe. And so, uh, yeah, this is, this is. I wonder, did did we do we have on record that he actually saw the film? Yeah, that's how he knew. So Lin Manuel Miranda showed him a copy of the movie, saw the mm. voicemail play out. It's like that's not what I would say. Let me oh, redo okay. It. So yeah, and uh, Lin Manuel Miranda had worked with Stephen Sondheim prior on a revival of West Side Story. So they, I, I don't think it was as close a relationship as uh, Jonathan Larson and Stephen Sondheim, but Stephen Sondheim was definitely in Lin-Manuel Miranda's life. And I think Lin-Manuel Miranda looked up to him as a mentor as well. Wow. Oh, you, would th- you would say he's like, he's like the grandfather, you know, right. <laughs> Jonathan Larson is the father and, and he, he's the grandfather in the, in the uh, musical hierarchy here. Rob, is your mind blown? Have what? we, have we, like this musical theater stuff is just taking us on a whole a roller coaster of emotions here, Rob? I know. I, there's, uh, I mean, of course, like there's uh, so much uh, that I didn't know, but uh, this is uh, fascinating. Yeah, I think it's because, especially with the Broadway community, it's literally 10, 15 blocks in New York. Everybody knows everybody. Everybody's friends or not friends or knows each other. And it just creates such a, feeling of community and everybody's on together and wanting to work with each other and help each other out. It, yeah, it, re- it really is a very small community. And like, you know, I was on the periphery of it, but you know, uh, there was a guy in my theater company uh, left my theater company to become one of the understudies for Timon and Pumbaa in Lion King. Uh, so, you know, there was that close that someone I, I was working with, you know, suddenly in, in that show, uh, I was directing my show. Uh, we were nominated for a Manhattan Arts and Cabaret Award for the, the show. And every night there'd be this one guy who would never watch our show, but he would sit at the bar. And just as our show started, he'd leave. And we were like very confused by this. Uh, he was the understudy for Footloose. And oh. he's required 
to be ready to go up until curtain. And so our curtain time was the same curtain time as Footloose. And so he's like, I can you know, go home now. He drinks his drink and he'd leave. And it was, but it was, it was just fascinating. Like the, the community just goes to certain places and hangs out in certain areas and certain bars and certain streets that you walk down. And just like for a good, uh, good chunk of the nineties, that was where I was. So it, it, uh, this, this meant a lot to me to see it on screen uh, and I, I, I like, like Rob, I think you would, you would agree. It does capture very much the energy of creativity and, and, and struggling uh, to get something started uh, from the ground up. Yeah. I mean that w- what I do like uh, pales in comparison to like uh, the like uh, legitimate, like arts that are depicted in, in this film, but you know, uh, definitely, you know, I think it really captures like, uh, you know, writer's block and all sorts of other things that, uh, you know, procrastination and things that you might face as uh, you need to like, okay, well, like when is the magic going to happen? When am I going to be inspired to do the thing? Every pod you ever cast, and every one is the last. <laughs> yeah, when, when, how do I find uh, the muse? Uh, and, you know, like uh, it's, uh, you know, sometimes it is uh, time for the thing to happen, but, you know, you are not necessarily like in the right headspace to create. Yeah, and I thought the, the one of the more poignant moments in the, in the, in the film is when uh, Judith Light's character, his agent, like actually picks up the phone to talk to him instead of uh, just using the speakerphone mm-hmm. uh, as if that's some sign of intimacy. And it really isn't <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but to her, that, to her, like to Rosa, that's intimate. And she's to like, Angela. Yeah. Listen, buddy, uh, <laughs> you, you, you did all you can do. You move on to the next one and you just throw it at the wall and, and hope and mm-hmm. goodbye. Click. <laughs> yeah. And I think what works so well here, especially like Robin Chappelle coming in, not really knowing a ton of musical theater stuff. The themes are universal of, just always working towards that next thing. What am I going to do next? How am I going to get there? And just that ticking clock inside your head of how long until I get there. Well, I, I think mm-hmm. what's really great about the movie is that while it's like, uh, like really rewarding for people like uh, AJ and Sam who really know the story that I think it's also like a, a very rewarding film for people who did not know the story uh, like uh, Chappelle and myself. Yeah. I mean, like for me, in a way, it was suspenseful. I didn't know what was going to happen. Um, you know, like I didn't know if we were going to see the play until, you know, the musical until the end. And like I was like, oh, OK, well, we're going to breeze past that. So that's obviously not the big moment. Right. And so after that, I was like, well, what are we waiting on? Like, I'm sure they're going to call them and be like, no, it was a huge success. And now somebody wants to pick it up and you live happily ever after with all the money that you make. And then you find out, nope, that's not what happened. You had to continue being a writer. And that's the point, right, of writing. You write and then someone picks you up or they don't pick you up and then you keep writing. You do that all the time. And so I was on the journey. And then at the end to find out like, oh, no, this leads to this, which leads to rent, which leads to the evolution of of Broadway and musical theater. I was like, wow, that's crazy. Mm. Like, I had no clue. And then to find out that he passed away and never got to see it, it was just like one blow after the next. So that's kind of like the the second half of this is so much more meaningful than than the first half. Yeah. Because I watched the first half of this uh, last night and I was like, okay, fine. Like, uh, this is fun. And like, wait, why do I care about this? And then I was the second half uh, today and, you know, it was uh, really uh, so impactful. And and I think that a lot of movies, the temptation is, and I'm sure at some point, like, this was edgy of like to have like the first scene be like, uh, here's me that, uh, you know, at at the age of 35, I'll be dead. Like, uh, and and, uh, like, Mm -hmm. like they hit you with that in the first scene and then the whole movie 
movie is sort of like, oh, wait, well, what happens? How do I know? Uh, but to, like, if you knew, you knew. But if you didn't know that part of the story that I mean, that is like a real gut punch. Yeah, they kind I mean, of hinted it at like the very first voiceover and like he never got to saw it. But somebody who's not familiar could very easily gloss over that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm sure AJ picked up the same thing as me. Like, oh, yeah, we, we know where this story goes. Yeah, and, and like we, we knew the story. So, <laughs> so that I, I would say also just uh, the other thing that just worked so well for me is that, you know, the first song of a musical really is supposed to it, it's it's the environment song. It's the immersive. It's like, here's what this musical is about, or here's the, the mood of the musical. Here's the tone of the musical. And 3090 just slaps. I mean, this song is better than any song in Rent in terms of capturing a mood, I think, except for maybe Love You, Love you but that's just a really long song. And it's at the end of Act One. Like, I was just blown away. I'd never heard the song before because I'm just not that familiar with the Jonathan Larson's work outside of Rent. And just, I was like, I'm all in from that song. And it just, just like, it, it just captured me right there. Plus the Andrew Garfield saying, I didn't know he could sing. Uh, and the way they paused the song and showed you scenes of New York uh, to really make it, you know, they filmed at the Strand bookstore. I mean, like that, that's something that you recognize if you're a New Yorker, that, that's like, yes, that's New York. So it's like, really, it's like they're, they're saying, we're taking it to 1990. That's where this takes place. Put your head in that mindset. This is what New York looked like. And here's this guy and let's go. And I, I thought it was such a great way to, uh, even if you didn't know the musical theater aspect of what the purpose that song does, I think you guys probably got it from that first song. Yeah. And I, I don't know, uh, as the story goes, apparently Andrew Garfield, not a singer, and he learned specifically for this movie. Uh, I thought Obviously, he sounds pretty good. I don't think he's like, oh, my God, most amazing singer of all time or anything like that. But I thought he was so effective in this role. And if you listen to some like the old Jonathan Larson recordings, it's it is a little rough around the edges. So it, I thought he just did a really fantastic job portraying uh, Jonathan Larson. AJ, in the movie uh, that we see Jonathan Larson uh, working on the musical uh, Superbia, is that the, the name of it? Which mm-hmm. uh, I found that is sort of like uh, a loose adaptation of the George Orwell uh, 1984. W- was that yeah. ever produced uh, anywhere? Nope. That, that's pretty much what you saw in this. It was it was the Playwright Horizons uh <laughs> little uh, showcase and it went nowhere. But isn't and, that wild that with all the success of rent that nobody ever tried to produce something's just don't work. It's not that yeah. good. It's something not, have you read 1984? <laughs> I'm not saying 1984 isn't it. I am. I am. You don't like it? <laughs> I'm not saying, I am. Uh, no. I you, could, you could take a musical off of material and and, and, and elevate it. Mm-hmm. Chappelle. Mm-hmm. All I'm saying is uh yeah I the reason that the the, the musical yeah. uh, works in this retrospective is just because it kind of shows you how like it's not that good. The face of arts, like it's it was very it 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 shows what musicals were were being produced at that time, and it wasn't something that was originally his. He was emulating other people. You know, we're talking an era where. They made Starlight Express and people mm-hmm. on roller skates and just like, oh, no, no one yeah. needs to see that. Yeah. And like the agent was saying, it's not it's too expensive for off Broadway because it's got all these bells and whistles and everything. And it's not really for Broadway. Nobody's going to invest in this Could they make thing. it for Netflix, Sam? <laughs> Probably. Superbia yeah, coming to sure. Netflix 2022. <laughs> Chappelle and I are covering it. Superbia. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, and I think it also gives a really good outlook into how the musical process works. Going, uh, prepping for a workshop that hopefully leads to producers to off Broadway to Broadway. Obviously, not everything follows that mold, but for somebody who doesn't know how the sausage gets made, I think it does a pretty good job of uh, plotting all that out. Yeah, yeah, a lot of the, you'll see a lot of things on YouTube. You see a lot of videos from like Broadway shows that have made it, and you'll say, "Hey, here's here's this scene from the showcase." You can either see some of the early Hamilton uh, stagings, or even like Waitress, where it's just like, you know, "Hey, we we got this couch off the street, and she's going to sing the song now." Did you like it? Please give us money. Please give us money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And his, his showcase was about, you know, the, this futuristic, you know, people were like, could you explain? Like, even the people who were in the showcase were like, uh, could you explain to me what the hell is going on? Because I'm not quite sure I understand what I'm reading here, even though I have to act in it. And so, yeah, of course, it flopped comparison to to Rent, which was stuff that he knew. Right. Like throughout the film, we see him yeah. and his interactions with oh. the people who are dealing with HIV and with New York as a character and all this other stuff. And that's what blew up. It was something yeah. he did, what he knew and what he had lived, as opposed to doing this idea of the future that nobody could understand. Like the the rent was so relatable to that group of people, like uh, AJ said, because it was real life. These are people that you see off the street and that, you know, like it, when you pass by them. And so that that is why that worked. And this Disturbia, I'm sorry, suburbia, whatever it's called, suburbia, suburbia, Chappelle. I'm sorry, um, it didn't work. That's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like that. This is my billion dollar idea. That the tick tick okay. boom is hot right now. Sam, right. get the financing going. We're gonna do suburbia. I'll be a backer. That take all my money. And I know who should star in it. Lin Manuel Miranda. Mm-hmm. No, Vanessa Clearly. Hutchins. Okay. Oh, yeah, that too. Got it. And we have and AJ Mass can direct it. Honestly, mm-hmm. if if I ever go to New York City, I have the best names to drop. Oh my God. Like I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, do you know Rob Sestanino? Do you know AJ Mass? Do you know no, Sam no, Moore? Oh, yeah. Sam mm-hmm. Big Time Moore? Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. I'm good in New York. I'm good at every hood. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a good yeah. time. Uh but AJ, that should Judith Light get more of the credit here? She's the one that told uh J- Jonathan Larson, hey, here's the tip write what you know uh, you know i'm sure he probably heard that before <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure i sure was like this, this is just the one we saw in the movie him, man. <laughs> yeah yeah it's like she was also the one who told him like hey write again mm-hmm. like get a pencil like uh, yeah don't sh- sharpen your pencils and start over like if somebody doesn't like this you do it again until somebody does like that's the mm. point you know mm-hmm. so yeah, and I recycle think this, some ideas and take some of the songs and take it from here and do a little right. homage here. Piecemeal piece is together and you'll yeah. be okay. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and so I, I liked all of that. Like, I love the whole story of, you know, once basically once it starts to come to fruition, like, and like I said, the last few minutes of the movie just kind of tie it all together where I'm like, oh, wow. And then I get the feels, you know, because like the rest of the stuff was kind of predictable, you know, him being torn between picking a real job and, you know, all that stuff like that. That's what you think about when you think about the artist struggling. Um, even with his friend getting HIV, I was like in the nineties, um, I was, I could see all that coming, yeah, you yeah. know, like, but the, like the end was something that really did catch me off guard. You know, I also uh, liked when he was uh, having a, an argument with his uh, love interest in the film, uh, Susan. Susan. And, and it seemed like that, you know, they were like at a point where like, they, they were uh, healing and she like has like the realization like, wait, are you turning this into a song? 
And that's just like a deal breaker uh, for her. And just the, the fact that, you know, like it's like he can't turn off the part of his brain where he's like trying to like, how do I how do I take what's happening to me and, and turning this into content for later? And, you know, uh, her frustration with that happening, like I did, like I, I felt like, OK, yeah, I, I this is something I can relate to. Oh, do you find in a lot of your moments, your conflict moments with your wife, yes, you were trying yes. to turn those moments into a podcast? Yes, yeah, I, that I, I, I do find that it's like, okay, well, like, like, you know, why, why is this happening uh, right now? Like, the only like, like, um, solace for me in sometimes in those moments is that okay, I know that this will eventually be a good story on a podcast on the five for five, <laughs> on a five you for know, five. Like, like, wait till like, the patrons get uh, a load like, of this. Thank week. God. Thank God that, 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 you know, I have an outlet of that, like, uh, that this isn't just like meaningless suffering that I'm going through at some point, like this is going to be, you know, uh, a story that I can share on a podcast. So you mean to tell me when mm-hmm. Dominic fell off the bike and you're rushing him to the hospital yeah, and he's in dire uh, straits and Nicole's <laughs> like, Rob, we got to do something. We have to leave the party. You're like, yeah, yeah, we do. No, not like, exactly she's like, what are you thinking that. about? Not, like, not exactly nothing? that. Not, not like an unfortunate like uh, <laughs> event that's happened, like an, like an emergency, but like some like sort of like uh, like a minor uh, thing that has become like a full blown fight. That's like, uh, I can't believe we're fighting about this. Like that's the kind of stuff the the absurd argument uh, that Uh-oh. you know that blows up. So, yeah, like like that time she found that lady's clothes in your in your area, right. and it turns out it was her clothes. Right. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's exactly <laughs> like, the kind of thing. She, she finally calms down. She's like, "Okay, you're right. I'm sorry. I was wrong." And you're just grinning from ear to ear because you're like, "Wait till they get a load of this one." <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like I gotta wait. A, I, I have to wait a couple of weeks till like uh, this whole thing cools down. But eventually, I got something but, out of this. This is money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that 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 is a good scene. I'm glad you brought that up because um I, I was watching the scene happen and I wasn't expecting them to uh reconcile in that moment. Like I thought this was really them going to they were gonna say, like, okay, they're this is us this is the goodbye, right? And then when they start to reconcile, I was like, Oh, that's stupid. Like, I don't like that. Like that I don't like that at all. But when she realizes, like, wait a minute. You're about to make a song about this and she's like i'm out of here buddy i was like okay this is good this is good tv um but i mean in his defense he didn't have a lot of time like it was like a day away like like he painted himself into a corner yeah. like ma'am either you're gonna sit here and let him write the song with you here or he's gonna write the song about your interaction but the song is getting written and you're gonna be involved in it because you won't leave him alone just give him a couple days damn i mean like i don't know where the what is it the, the berkshires are but I don't want to go there either. He's trying to ruin his life. Where is it, yeah, Sam? And, and Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Uh, Connecticut. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I think one of the fun things about that song in particular, it definitely pays homage to uh, the movie version of Chicago, which did a lot of these like onstage musical numbers interspersed with the story proper going on. So I thought that was a really fun way to kind of get another musical nod in there. And also that song definitely gives a very similar tone to uh, Kendra in Chicago. Mm-hmm. She had it coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look at you, Chappelle. Yeah. Uh, AJ, I don't know Broadway, but I know Queen Latifah. Yeah, is, <laughs> is Susan uh, based on a, a real person? Is this a, that this is a true story? Yeah, a Storm I, from X Men: Last Stand. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Storm is based on a real person. Uh, uh, no, and, and, and it's just, it's the same it's the same character. It's a similar character in Rent, where you know. Mm-hmm. You, you write what you know. You write who you know, and you write all these people. And and, and 
yeah, he's, he, he has such limited uh, material that, uh, you know, he was writing the same story over and over again. He was just trying to but get we it all? into a form. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Finally, it hit a form where, you know, it, it was accepted. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, like I said, almost everything in this movie is true, except for the parts that he made up. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was, like, the perfect way to start the movie. It's like, okay, this, I, I get what they're going for here. Uh, then one other thing I noticed, just, like, having this conversation, I think what's really interesting, the whole movie is, like, seen... It's New York through Jonathan Larson's perspective. You never see Broadway. You never see Times Square. You don't see any of that. You only see kind of the East Village and the swimming pool. I think, you know, just playing like New York geography, the only place uptown is that final outdoor theater where he is, which is the Delacorte where Shakespeare in the Park yeah. is. Uh, yeah, so that's in Central Park. But otherwise, it's so in Jonathan's purview, like whatever you're seeing, whatever he's experiencing, that's, the, that's what you're getting shown. Mm-hmm. When Andrew Garfield started to rap, I knew this was a Lin Manuel uh, production. I had forgotten. It's but the I was play like, game. Oh. <laughs> I was like, "Here we are. I've, we're here. Part. We're here now." Yeah, mm-hmm. it. mm-hmm. It's, it's my totally, favorite thing. That yeah. was cut from the show, and he put it back in for the movie. You didn't have to. It's fine. <laughs> but he did it in the style again, where he, he turned it into an MTV right. uh, video from the from the time. So mm-hmm. again, again, if you're going to put it back in, and you're going to mm-hmm. do something that cheesy, yeah. at least let's go all in and show you it. what this was better rapping, Chappelle, music. that or the new Renat Mailbag song. You don't talk to me. <laughs> don't talk to me. <laughs> I've listened to that episode of Renat. I was like, they're testing me. They are testing me. The first part, I was Akiva like, said it's gonna- very good. Akiva's always wrong. <laughs> always wrong. But he listens to all oh the my albums. Gosh. I didn't like it. Oh I, did, 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 I thought the guy you did not understand the assignment. Like, no, I was like a, a Go back and listen. Go back and listen. <laughs> I said he really did not good. set up that it's a mailbag. Yeah, that's your only complaint? Really? <laughs> Abolish British rap altogether. <laughs> we can just take it out as a family. Jeez. I was, the first part of the day, we're talking about Renap right now, but the first part of Renap, you're like, oh, we're going to spend this money on this British rapper. I was like, no. And then the second time, you're like, this is great. Let's let's just cancel Peppa Pig and all the, the work she's been doing so we can bring in this Peppa Pig replacement. Yeah, that's, uh, like, you're right. That was not fair to Peppa Pig, who's also all. British. Well, I would prefer to hear Peppa Pig rap. Mm-hmm. Personally, <laughs> that's that's my hierarchy. Peppa Pig, this guy, and then Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> can we get Peppa Pig in the Superbia uh, Netflix musical? Oh. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's animated. It's up. Yeah, that's how he's going to get his uh, his EGOT. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one other yeah. thing, I actually saw a couple days ago of back about the movie. Um, so all the scenes of Andrew Garfield at the piano, like uh, performing the musical, were at filmed at New York Theater Workshop, which originally was not going to be the case until COVID hit, because yeah. New York Theater Workshop is still a regular off-Broadway theater, and they, the timing didn't work out, and New York Theater Workshop is where Rent premiered, so I think it has a really special oh, wow. tone that they shot this movie exactly where Rent premiered, and I, I think we kind of even go back and talk about, it. like, yeah, Jonathan Larson passed away, I believe, like, the night before or the morning of... Morning of, I believe, yeah. Yeah, the first preview of Rent, so he... and. For anybody that doesn't know, preview is you're not at opening night yet, but it's still a paying audience. Seeing it for the first time ever, this was the off-Broadway premiere, world premiere. They did a couple workshops and stuff, but a paying audience was the first time ever. And so they didn't know what to do. They uh, said, okay, let's still do the show, but they just set up chairs and music stands and we're going to perform it that way. And the theater legend goes that by act two, the actors were so just moved by it. They just got up and 
did the show just to honor his memory, you know, not even 24 hours because he sh- should have been right there. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. And uh, Jesse L. Martin, who's in uh, the cast of Rent, uh, worked with him at that, at that diner. And that's how he that's how he got his break, basically, mm-hmm. <laughs> is, yeah. that, is that he's. He's training like, oh, yeah, Jonathan's going to train you in the to, to serve these people at this diner. He's like, and he he likes music, too. <laughs> oh, we can totally like IMD bags, the original cast of Rent, like you got yeah. Tay, Tay Diggs, Adina Menzel, Jesse L. Martin. Oh, yeah. Adele Dazim. Tay and I go way back, Sam. I say, does he follow you on Twitter? <laughs> well, who, who doesn't he follow on Twitter? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Me. Me. And also, he needs to stop making TikToks. Send him a DM for me. TikTok <laughs> boom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. AJ, uh, a- any other performances or anything you want to highlight from uh, Tick Tick Boom? Uh, loved Richard Kind as the... Uh, Guy who's just gonna yes man <laughs> Stephen Sondheim. I thought that was uh, just AJ. Stupid. Would you not yes man Stephen Sondheim? Oh, I probably would have let Sondheim go first. Okay. <laughs> just agreed, so it's not to look yeah. like an idiot. Mm, that's the move. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I I thought uh, I thought everybody was just really really good in in this movie. Like there there isn't a bad performance in it. I think there's just so much care, and, and, and the cast in general is just full of such luminaries that the. Uh, even the small roles and with one line uh, or, you know, just the extras at the party are like people who had something to do with either Jonathan Larson's life or were people who uh, were involved in a production of Rent at some point or, you know, work with Lin-Manuel or like or, or, or legends of Brian Stokes Mitchell. Like it's just, it's just, there's so many names in here and so many faces. Uh, like it's, it's, it's rare that you're going to get a movie with, you go that deep on the mm-hmm. call sheet and go, oh yeah, they're really good. <laughs> so, okay, as somebody who is not a musical theater guy, but am, am now interested more uh, in uh, Rent because of this movie, is the movie Rent, no. or the movie Rent is bad? <laughs> Very. Very bad. In my not it's so not, humble opinion. It's not good. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's you want to try and see something with either the original cast, certainly, or you know, or see it live. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's nothing, nothing replaces live. When you say see something with the original cast, uh, like uh, like what 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 do I have to do? And we can talk. Okay, <laughs> this is like a, a YouTube video. Rob, what what is it? Like Rob, uh, Rob, 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 chill out, chill out, chill out. Well, yeah, generally speaking, generally speaking, every every musical at some point during the Corfus run, if it if it's successful at all, they they do what's called a pro shot. Um, most most people are not able to get access to the pro shot, but they are archived and uh, okay. there 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 are Just, you know, they exist out there in the universe. We were very fortunate with Hamilton, uh, is that they turn the pro shot into what we see at Disney. So they didn't make a movie of Hamilton, which I think would probably mm. been a really bad idea, but we actually got to see the pro shot. And that's, that's something that's really special. I, I wish that they made more original cast uh, performances just available out there. And so you didn't have to go through uh, secret dark net channels to, mm-hmm. to, to, fi- to find that brilliant performance, uh, you know, with the, the original cast. Yeah. Uh, there are a few out there. There's a, there is a, a Broadway channel out there. I know they, 
Okay, the man right. taken brought you know Sunday in the park. But George, I know, is out there in the general public, but it, it, it's yeah. rare to get that. But there are videos. Rob's trying to blow up yeah. our spot. And Rob's trying to blow up our spot. I'm we not got, blowing we got up anything. It's just Rob. Rob, Rob, Rob <laughs> your voice. We just we just look. We just we just know a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy who could probably get us the footage. Just all I'm saying. We're gonna talk about it. I do believe there is a pro shot of Rent, and I think it's the final performance, so it's it's obviously not the original cast, but it'll look as good as like the Hamilton one, but yeah. it's not the original cast. I, I think I saw it back a while ago and it held up pretty well, um, and I think that one's pretty readily accessible. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and, and they did do a, a, a staging of it uh, on the network television. The problem was that... Oh, yes! The, Can we talk about this? Oh, my gosh. This the lead actor breaks his leg, and so they what? have to go with the dress rehearsal. <laughs> I'm sorry, okay. he literally broke a leg? Yes, like, he literally yes. broke a leg. Did so somebody forget to say break a leg, a leg like, to him? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. wait, have you... <laughs> hold on, no pause there. Wait, okay. so the person was told to break a leg, and then they said, bet, and they just did it? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Correct. And, and and did they win the game? Like, is that what? Isn't that the whole? <laughs> so it, so you know how like NBC has done like a bunch of these musicals over the last couple of years. Fox decided to do one, but do it for Rent, of course, which is a very interesting choice to do on public television because on Rent, Fox, on Fox, yeah, exactly. So uh, on wait, why yeah. is it because uh, that? I mean, it's not really a family-friendly musical. Okay, got it. And that's it. typically got the it. audience got that it. they're going for. They're doing Annie. They're doing uh, Peter Pan, Sound of Music. Rent does not really fit in that equation. Um, so okay. Saturday, they were doing the dress rehearsal for the Sunday night live show. So dress rehearsal, everybody's doing it. And, you know, they're not going all out, but they're there. They're present. Vanessa Hudgens was in it. So Oh, every, yeah. oh my gosh. <laughs> good, good to know. And about... 90% of the way through, uh, the guy playing Roger, one of the lead roles, breaks his leg. Okay. And I believe they canceled the rest of that rehearsal because they only had the finale left. And they scrambled. There was no understudy. And so Sunday, they just aired that first two hours and 50 minutes from the dress rehearsal, went live for the last 10 minutes with this poor guy in a cast, like just sitting there trying to play the guitar. And it was just a mess on so many levels and that's why i love live theater <laughs> wow that's that's incredible someone said break yeah. a leg and someone actually did it mm-hmm. um he, maybe they should have understood the assignment yeah for once <laughs> i've never heard of this before the, this oh, is like 2019 yeah. anyway, is this like passe i feel like are they still doing these uh live uh, musicals yeah. on television they, they, just, did last month. they okay. just did annie yeah, and and they oh. did a version of Andy with they put in some songs I hadn't seen before uh, in a production. So oh. it, it was it was not it was all right. Was superbia coming coming this fall <laughs> to, to Fox. To <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I don't think we're going to see you know Avenue Q anytime soon. But <laughs> people like puppets. People like puppets. Sure. I've seen um, uh, puppets before. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> so yeah. I guess that's that's a thing. Um, but yeah, this this cast was incredible. Um, you know, we had Spider Man, we had uh, Fiona, we had Storm. I think I said from Last Stand earlier, but I think she's from Apocalypse. Well, who else was in there? It's Bianca Evangelista from uh, from um, Pose. Like I was just like, oh my god, what is what is what's all of, all of this is going on? Like in in the same musical that is supposed to be telling the story of a musical of a musical that the guy never saw. Like it's amazing. I'm very, I was very excited. Like once it all, like it's like, it's kind of like, uh, the film was good. 
But then knowing all the backstory makes it a great film. And so I'm hoping it wins all the awards that y'all talked about it being uh, like nominated for, possibly because... I mean, if you can't get it for this, I don't know what you can get it for. I would just like to see enough people, you know, I don't know what Netflix's, you know, metric is on counting audience and views and everything, but I would hope enough people see this that it, with this and West Side Story, uh, that we start to get more movie musicals. We can figure out that other one about the kid with the broken arm because we don't uh, want to talk about that movie. That's Chappelle's well, other favorite. <laughs> well, I've only seen two, so there's that. It's the other um, one. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not saying we use some back channels to see that, but I saw the original cast uh, with AJ Mass. So just saying, if you want to do a live viewing with me and AJ, we might know a guy who knows a guy. <laughs> All right. Uh, Sam, anything else you want to make sure that we say about uh, Tick, Tick, Boom? No, I thought this was really fun. Thank you for letting me crash here for this one. I had a great time and yeah, I, I thought this is a great movie again. I know it's not everybody's cup of tea. But for me, it was my cup of tea, and I'm very happy I was able to see it and experience it and talk about it with all you guys. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, AJ, any final thoughts for Tick, Tick, Boom? Uh, just, yeah, I, I second that, what Sam said, that uh, I think it's a really great uh, adaptation of a musical for a movie. It, it's not taking just shooting the musical. Uh, it's not like what they did with the producers where they just tried to recreate each scene. Uh, they, they, they made a movie uh, a version of the musical. It's something completely different than, than you would have seen if you'd gone to a theater. And I thought that was really great. Uh, and I hope you give it a try because I, I, I think the music is really accessible. I mean, you guys seem to enjoy it and mm-hmm. just uh, you know it's not it's not like you know oh, what a beautiful morning it's 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 a modern feel to it and I, I think that's great so you know within the heights and and this you know go go see musicals mm-hmm. and west side story and not the other one that we were talking about before no, not the other one no. yet nope <laughs> Dervin Hansen, we talked about it on, on uh, Big Brother. You can move that past past that one. Okay, you, you can see the, the the theater version, not the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we can discuss okay. that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, should we talk about what's coming up next? Yeah, Rob. I mean, you know, this is I the know what I want to do. Oh, okay. Ooh. So this is this is the kickoff of nothing but Netflix twenty twenty two. Right. We had a, a long, yeah, we had a long year before. We just closed out 2021. Some would say 525,600 minutes of that mm-hmm. is over. And now we get to talk about the next 525,600 minutes. And so, uh, yeah, Rob, what do you want to talk about? What's next on your radar? Coming next week to Netflix, Hype House. Okay. Now, what exactly is Hype House? <laughs> Hype House Get an inside look at social media's most talked about stars as they navigate love, fame, and friendship while creating content and living together. This show okay. is scandalous. We do love scandal. Starring okay. Chase Hudson, Nikita Dragon, Ooh. Alex oh. Warren, oh, uh, Larry Merritt, Vinny Hacker. All the faves. Mia the, Hayward. Um, Yes, we love these people. We love all of the people that you just named. They're mm-hmm. so great. Um, TV fourteen. Yeah. Ah, whatever that means. Um, <laughs> you know, Rob. I think this is. Uh, this sounds like a good idea. And Rob, dare I say it? Should we? Should we call in a Mike Bloom? 
Should well, we call now, him Mike Bloom? Okay, please? so uh, now why <laughs> why Mike Bloom to talk about the hype? You house? say you say scandal, and Mike <laughs> Bloom doesn't come to mind. Well, I that Mike Bloom is Mike Bloom is scandalous, but I feel like he's not going to know who is. any of these TikTok personalities are. Listen, I, Mike I, think Bloom, I, I think that I would I would probably save Mike Bloom for another day and go with somebody oh. who uh, might be able to more accurately uh, represent what is happening on the talk. Are you calling Mike Bloom old? I'm not calling him old. I'm certainly much older like, than Mike than Mike Bloom. But I'm, I'm saying certainly that, not calling Mike Bloom yeah, old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Call Mike but, Bloom old. Yeah, but I'm, do not call Mike Bloom old. Do you think this is a, a job for a TikTok Nicole? I would type? say a TikTok Nicole type. I think would be much more a of TikTok a, Nicole yeah. type. Yeah. If TikTok Nicole is down, I will de- I will deploy the DM and say TikTok Nicole, would you like to come join us? And I would yeah, be happy to talk TikTok about TikTok correspondent. Yeah. Of course, of course. Well, uh, the TikTok correspondent of RHAP or of Renap. We, of, we must of, be very clear. Uh, of Renap. I think. Yeah, I mean, uh, David Bloomberg. I think it uh, might be a TikTok correspondent for uh, RHAP. <laughs> well, we'll see if Nicole wants to be the TikTok correspondent for nothing but Netflix. And so, I will deploy the DM. And if TikTok Nicole does not want to do it. I will reach out to the Mike Bloom type. Yeah, I, I just think that, that we might have some more uh, people that are like uh, a little more in the TikTok streets than a Mike Bloom. Again, you're Who saying I, I do not Mike even Bloom believe Bloom. has the TikTok app. <laughs> My, <laughs> that is very funny. Uh, mm-hmm. I do not have the TikTok app either, so we're definitely going to have to call it the heavy hitters for mm-hmm. this one. Um, or or okay. Davey. Yeah, no, we don't need to talk to Davey. <laughs> um, all right. So if, okay. So hype house, that's number one with a bullet. What else you got? No, that, that's, well, I mean, that was all. I, I, no, I, I was all in a hype house. Uh, hype I mean, house I, I can tell you what else is coming up on uh, the uh, Netflix for, yeah, let's talk ne- about it. for next week. Uh, let me just mm-hmm. uh, refresh uh, the page. No, not gonna lie. Every time you're saying TikTok, I'm just thinking TikTok boom in my head. Tick, tick, yeah. boom. It's tick, 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 boom, Sam. Right. I, I, I understand. Please try, try to keep up. Uh, that we have also uh, coming uh, next week, The Colony. What's this? Dystopian. Mm-hmm. Uh, too much of that these Ooh, days. We don't, we don't need that. Too much of that. If I, I want dystopian, yeah. I would rather watch Superbia. Uh, mm. And then... Uh, Wait a yeah. minute. What? What? Is, what, what, is what? Number four on Netflix is Crime Scene, The Times Square Killer. Oh, there. That, that doesn't sound yeah, too fun. Just dropped. Yeah. It, just dropped. It, yeah. It, it doesn't, but people have been clamoring for true crime here on, on the Nothing But uh, Netflix Riveting podcast. investigative true crime. Look, look, I got all the New Yorkers here. We can call this a different New York panel, and y'all can take me through the ins and outs of Times Square and how to die there, apparently, because that's what this is about. Mm-hmm. Talk to um, Elmo. He'll hook you up. Yeah, AJ, uh, <laughs> do you know what the uh, the Times Square uh, killer is? Uh, I do Crime not. Other, other than it, it is next up on my uh, to-watch list because I do like the true crime stuff on the Netflix. Now, and, is Crime uh, Scene like uh, a Netflix franchise? Crime Scene, I colon? I believe so, yeah. The Times Square killer? Mm. Mm. It I sounds think, like... Yes, yes. They uh, crime scene. Uh, uh, they earlier this year they did the vanishing at the Cecil Hotel, which I thought, which I saw, and that was really cool. Uh, a cool story about. Uh, well, the story itself isn't cool, but uh, the the documentary was kind of interesting about uh, 
girl who goes into an elevator at a hotel in Los Angeles and gets off the elevator and is never seen again. Mm. Uh, and this is the Times Square Killer. I don't know much about the story, but I do know it's directed by Joe Berlinger, and I think he's a great documentarian. Yeah. He did uh, Paradise mm-hmm. Lost with the West Memphis Three. So uh, I, I know I'm All looking right. forward to watching it. Well, let's let the listeners tell us what they want to hear about. Chappelle. Yes. Do you- do you want TikTok to call or do you want to talk about murder? Like you decide. Maybe people like, want well, I, I'd like to hear TikTok to call talk about the Times Square mur- uh, murderer. <laughs> She's a New Yorker. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, let's go. All right. Um, okay. Whatever you got. All right. Uh, AJ, uh, what are you up to these days? Oh, I am very excited that the football season, at least the regular season, is wrapping up, which means uh, my ESPN duties will uh, will give me a little more time off because we're waiting for baseball to finish lockout uh, nonsense. So I'll have a little bit of free time there to uh, catch up on watching all of my Netflix shows. Uh, also, I uh, have two podcasts that I'm currently working on. Uh, yes. One is my trivia podcast, yes. Beat My Guest, uh, in its ninth season, believe it or not. Uh, and incredible yeah so it's it's trivia with a twist uh also Mm -hmm. my friend kintad svensgaard and i are in the middle of our you know i I spoke to your co-host uh the other night did you now yes excellent yeah yes about that that uh that that uh Kitan, uh b- became a patron recently and uh i spoke to him on uh new patron orientation excellent and i missed it yes Yes. Wow. So AJ, the backstory here is that I was supposed to pop in on new patron orientation and I didn't get to because of timing and stuff like that. And so I was like really upset because I didn't get to. And so I had to pop in on the patron call the, the, the next time it was available. So I would have met your co-host. There you go. Speaking of, 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 of uh, maybe not so true crime. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, we're doing a complete rewatch of Criminal Minds. Uh, we're just about closing in on the end of season two. Uh, the name of the podcast is Felonious Pundits, and you can listen to that wherever you listen to podcasts. So uh, we have a good time. We just—it's just basically us making jokes at the fake death expense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, AJ, uh, this was uh, great. I'm so glad that we were finally able to get you on a Nothing But Netflix. I think since the inception of Nothing But Netflix, we've been trying to figure out uh, a week to get you on. What well, we finally uh, had that perfect marriage of something that I'm really passionate about and something that Chappelle uh, decided to ask me to be on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, we couldn't make Midnight AJ Mass work, but this was a there good go. fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That was a hay- swing and a Hamish, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Sam, do you have anything you want to plug? Um, whatever you're doing, Rob, I'll be doing that. <laughs> Your okay. plugs are my plugs. Okay. Uh, Sam Moore, RHAP on Twitter. Okay. One All right. Uh, and then Chappelle, what's coming up for you? This is just this. Just yeah, this? I think I, I think I think starting in 2022, I think I'm a uh, you know a one podcast kind of guy right now. Now you yeah. ready to settle down with you? Uh. Eh, it could be worse. Okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. All For right. Now, well, I didn't know you were into the poly thing when it came to the podcast, but you got a ton of hosts. Honestly, mm-hmm. I, now I feel like I should be looking at the rest of your hosts and trying to figure out like, where am I in the rankings? Mm-hmm. Cause I know I'm, I know, it, look, I know, I'm no, is Chappelle uh, number one. Yeah. That's the question. I, Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I know Nicole says to Nino, I'm definitely no Tyson. Mm-hmm. Like, God, am I, am I dead last? Am I after Danny? 
Jeez, this is something to think about. Mm-hmm. I have to think about this one, mm-hmm. man. I don't know, Rob. Maybe I can't settle down with you. I'm a rolling stone until something else comes okay. around. We'll see what happens. All right. Well, you can hear plenty of Chappelle on the best of RHAP 2021 that Stop we just it. dropped. Uh, <laughs> that uh, four plus hours of highlights there. So uh, a lot for you to chew on there in the best of 2021 special uh, up at robinswebsite.com. How about that? Am I below Puya? I'm below Puyo. I'm definitely below Puyo. Yeah. It's, dang, it's a fight for the bottom with me and Danny. Mm, okay. Do a tier list with Puyo. You'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Puyo would be happy to put me in the, the last tier on the list. Should make no mistake. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all the right. bin. <laughs> all right. Uh, thank you all so much for checking out another but Netflix uh, this week. We'll be back uh, next time to talk about uh, something exciting on the Netflix. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. 